This is the Healthy Free Life Show, where you're going to learn a new way to eat and live healthy for the glory of God. I'm your health coach, Katrina Sequenzia, and I'm on a mission to help Christians get healthy, ditch disease, lose weight, and find food freedom. So if you're ready to get healthy and free so you can live that abundant life that you've been promised, then let's do the thing. have a very special guest I can't wait for you to meet today. You see, in 2018, I discovered Barb Raveline's books on Amazon. She is the author of six books, including Freedom from Emotional Eating, Taste for Truth, and I Deserve a Donut and Other Lies That Make You Eat. I have all three of these books. And when I first went searching on Amazon, she was one of the very few Christian authors writing about the mental and spiritual battle that women face as they seek to get healthy or to lose weight. You see, she had struggled for years of her life to lose weight and overcome emotional eating. And it wasn't until she used the power of the word to renew her mind that she truly experienced real freedom for the first time. And then she was just like, People need to know about this. So she wrote books about how exactly to do that. You see, I focus on a body, mind, spirit approach to getting getting healthy and to lose weight. And what I love is that Barb's resources are so complementary to what I teach. And Barb just dives deeper into how to renew your mind, especially for those that struggle with emotional eating and overcoming overeating. So in the last four years, I have referred my students to her books as they, again, are a beautiful companion on your journey to a healthy free life. In fact, I have two groups of students who are currently working through her books together and they are loving it. And then fast forward to a couple months ago, this crazy thing happened. Barb reached out to me after listening to a couple of podcast episodes and she emailed me and her subject line said, I love all your material. She had loved the podcast episodes that she had heard. I was like, what? (laughs) This is crazy. This is amazing. What an answer to prayer because God has been calling me to get out of my boat and to reach and um, connect with others just like her. So listen in as Barb and I talk about how to renew your mind. We're going to talk about what renewing the mind is, why it works, and it's so vitally important that we as Christians engage in this every day and it becomes a way of life, and most importantly, how to do it on a practical day-by-day basis. Let's dive in. Well, Barb, welcome. I'm so delighted that you are here and that you are joining us. It's a delight for you to have you today. It's great to be here. I love all your material. I'm just so happy to be on your podcast. Absolutely. This is just um, so so incredible life. You know, we are healthy for life. It's all about body, mind, and spirit. And when you think about the mind and the spirit, it just encompasses so much. And when it comes to the mind and the spirit, one of the biggest issues and stumbling blocks that my students have or will have when they decide to to go on their healthy free life journey is coming across lies, lies that they've believed for so many years in their life. They don't even recognize them any longer. It's just part of who they are. Um, Lies that will come up on the journey that they're not expecting. And so these lies enter in to, um, in every aspect of our life, but really often in our healthy free life journey, it can prevent us from succeeding and ever seeing the fruit you know, the, the abundant life that God has promised us. Right. And so uh, in an effort to just help our students, help my students to not stay stuck, 
I'm so glad we get to dive in because your book, The Renewing of the Mind Project, is just exactly, I believe, what my students need to help them to, like you say, take off the lies and put on the truth. And so let's dive in. In a nutshell, share with us, what exactly is renewing of the mind? What does that even mean? Okay. I'd say the renewing of the mind is basically changing the way we think, like getting rid of those old thoughts, taking off the old man, putting on the new man. And a lot of times we think as Christians, that just kind of happens by osmosis, you know, just because we're a Christian, our minds can be renewed. But the truth is, it's like uh, anything we do in life, it, ta- it takes work to do it. So we just like we wouldn't expect to get a new you know, toned muscles by not going to the gym or working out. We don't get a new mind by not working out our mind. And so, you know, in some ways, when we read the Bible, uh, if we're really focusing on it, our mind will be renewed uh, during that time because we'll start thinking new things. We'll think biblically. But if we're working on a habit, something like, um, you know, breaking free from the control of food, we have to do specific renewing. So we're looking at the specific lies that are making us overeat or uh, emotionally eat. The specific lies are making us feel like we have to be super skinny to be acceptable. So we look at all those different lies, replace them with the truth. And then when we change, when we take off the lies, we put on the truth, our desires will start changing and our emotions will start changing. So it changes both emotions and desires. I love that. And I feel like so often we get so discouraged in ourselves because we get so focused on the negative behavior that we're participating in. So whatever that might be. And so oftentimes what I find is, is that the, the solution that we often go for is to change the behavior. I just need to change the behavior. I just need to stop this. Right. And so it's, it's not, you know, I think like you're saying, like focusing on the behavior is not really the, the best way, it's it's not the way that we as Christians, it's not our only solution. And so we have this, this ability to transform by the renewing of our mind. And so, and I got to tell you, it is practice. Just like, like you're saying, going to the gym is something that we have to practice like every day if we want to have the muscles that, you know, or what have you. But really, even in our spiritual life, in our, in our health life, this is practice. It's spiritual disciplines that we are practicing throughout our entire life as we are seeking to become like Christ. And so I love that. Now, it's vitally important that we as believers do this. So why is it so important that we do this? Um, I think it kind of goes back to what you're saying. I mean, if we could change by behavior, that'd be great. That'd be way easier, way less time, right? If I could just say, hey, I'm going to change the way I do like, you know, uh, it's the new year or it's Monday or the beginning of the month. I'm just going to start eating healthy. But the thing is, we have all those um, beliefs driving us to to not do that, right? Yes. Our, our resolve, our self-discipline will last until, you know, there's a great treat or something terrible happens or we're avoiding this big task and it just makes us want to eat, eat, eat. And then we can't do it anymore. So some people are capable of, you know, controlling their behavior with that. They don't even struggle with it. They never have. But other people, if they're people like like I used to be, and, and I mean, I still can tend that direction. Well, then we need to renew our mind, change our thoughts so we don't have those thoughts driving us mm-hmm. to do the things that we will later regret. Right. To not have it 
the thoughts be in control of us, but we actually have the power to, to renew our mind and, and have new thoughts, which is, which is incredible. I mean, it just shows you the power of our mind and the power of God and what he's, how he's gifted our, our brains just to, just to respond like this in general, that we can actually rewire our thinking, rewire our brain and create new thoughts and new patterns in our life. Um, but these things do take time, don't they? So yeah. Mm What I love about your Renewing of the Mind Project book is that it is it is unlike many other uh, books similar to it in that it's not just something that you read. It's something that you do. And in your book, you call it a workshop where the, this whole, the book is meant to be a workshop. So really what I found is that when I sat down is that it was just a few hours that it took, a couple of uh, times just sitting down with your book to read through the core material to get you know, exactly what this is about and what it's going to be doing. But in your chapters, you have places where you ask questions and we have to answer and there's, and there's work to be done. And this book is one of those that you might only, it might only take a couple of hours to read through it, but it's going to be your companion for several months, if not even potentially years, as you begin to unravel these lies that have been keeping us from living abundantly. And so um, it's, it's so practical, your book. And I love that. Just like, you know, here's how you capture the thoughts and here's how you renew your mind. And then the last half of your book is just all of the resources, including scriptures and questions to ask and, and walkthroughs to help you actually practice it. So let's talk about how you actually do it. How do you engage in in renewing the mind? How is, how does it even work? Well, you'd start a project. The first thing is to start a project and I show how to, to, to do a project in the book. So let's say if you're working on a negative emotion, you would say, okay, I want to work on not worrying about my kids. I mean, you could say not worrying, but if you're a crazy worrier, you'd have to make it into a smaller topic. And then every time you worry about them, you'd renew your mind. Or if it's a habit, like if you're going to um, try to follow, um, you know, certain boundaries with food, then what you do is you renew your mind. You can either do it one of two ways. So either every time you break your boundaries or every time you feel like breaking your boundaries, or you could just say, I'm going to renew my mind at lunch and dinner because I usually have the biggest times in the afternoon and evening. So, you know, it's not one of those things where you can just renew your mind once in the morning, you're done. Because the thing is, if we're trying to change things in our life that have been always there, we're going to struggle th- with that throughout the day. And I found in the beginning, the truth usually lasts for just two or three hours. So if I renew my mind at one, you know, there's a good chance, you know, at one o'clock, I renew my mind. It's like, okay, I really want to follow my eating boundaries. But by four o'clock, I'm like, you know, the afternoon's gone. Who knows what happened that afternoon? I might be emotional. I'm going to need to renew my mind again. Otherwise, I'm going to break my boundaries again. And now if you keep renewing, it's like like when I broke free from the control of food, I didn't have this book out yet. I didn't have the questions. So I did something I called truth journaling, which I also talk about in the book. But I did that hundreds of times. I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know how many. Let's say 400. I have no idea for sure how many. But now I live in truth. So now I've kept my weight off for 14 years and- I don't have that big struggle. I don't have to keep renewing my mind every free, you know, every few hours or, you know, even every month. I don't, I just don't renew my mind about food anymore because it's something I live in control because I stored up so much truth during that project 
that that truth carried me through the years. Now you can, you might still um, fall again. So let's say, you know, you're doing great. Uh, you've read your mind, you've lost your weight. And then a few years down the road, some major trial happens to your life, a new trial. You know, we're the type of people that go to food for trials, which I am, and I'm sure a lot of you guys listening are, well, then we might have to go back to it again. So right. it's it really is learning how to depend on God and not these different you know, not food or, you know, not just going into our negative emotion land. Um, and the truth will help set us free in those areas. I love that. And I think it's just so important for us to understand that this is not a one and done thing. And so for you to share that you truth journaled potentially up to 400 times, just as you overcame the battle with food. I don't like, not that we want that to be discouraging to our (laughs) listeners, right? That, oh my goodness, is this really something I feel like I can take on? Because you experienced, I'm sure, through the process, more of the Lord, your your relationship deepened. And it wasn't as if it took 400 tries before, um, before you didn't start experiencing some freedom. I mean, freedom starts coming in the earlier stages, right? You know, probably 20 pages into your truth journaling you're experiencing freedom like you never had before. And then you just continue the process of doing that, which I love. And so I think that it's so important that we recognize that this is practice and that we just continue to do it and we continue to move forward and to not be discouraged because like you say in your book, we're not responsible for the transformation. Is that right? No, no. God's the one that does the transformation. And so we kind of have to be content with failing along the way. Um, We just have to put in the time. But I was going to try and find my calculator and my phone and it wasn't working just to figure out, okay, 200 times five or 400 times times five minutes. I mean, that sounds like, oh, that's so much work. I don't want to do it. But let's say it comes out to like 60 hours. I don't even know how many hours it comes out to. But would you spend 60 hours to be free from the control of food for the rest of your life, you know, to, to break free of the stronghold. Yes. I think most of us would. So yes. you just have to remember those hours are spent, you know, little by little each day. And also they're not bad hours. They're time with God hours. I actually, That's right. I loved them. I, yeah. I really enjoyed them. In the beginning, maybe it's a little hard for some people, but you kind of get in the habits a discipline you learn to love. Yeah. And so tell us, share with us, because I'm all about habits and creating habits and creating them the right way and working with our brains on creating the habit. How did you create this habit in your life where it was something that you easily did on a daily basis? Um, You know, even if it wasn't in the beginning, but you got to the place where it was easy. How did you specifically make it a habit in your life? How often did you do it during your day and things like that? Just some practical tips there. Well, I started journaling about my marriage and annoyance, uh, towards my husband. So I would renew my mind whenever I was annoyed with them. And I probably did that, I don't know, several years before I really got serious about um, renewing my mind about food. And so I think the way I developed the habit, I just made the commitment, I'm going to renew my mind every time I annoy with them before I go to bed at night. And I had four kids at home, you know, at that time I was homeschooling. So it wasn't like my life was non-busy, but so you, you make the commitment to renew And in the beginning, I just kind of thought it was fun and interesting, but I soon came to be motivated by the peace Mm. because every time I did that, I'd start out just super annoyed with them and, you know, stressed out, uh, maybe depressed. And then I'd renew my mind and I just feel that peace of God flow in and the joy. And I just got to the point where I loved living in peace so much that motivated me. Oh, yes. I mean, still, that doesn't mean to say that even now sometimes 
might I'll be all stressed out about something usually writing and I know I should go renew and I can't make myself do it. So that happens. It's going to happen to anybody who takes on the project. So we just have to realize, again, this is just one of those things. uh, There is spiritual battle. um, There's battle with our, our, you know, ourselves. We don't want to take the time to do it. So it's, I think it's one of those things that like any habit, if you put a lot of effort into it, it's going to become easier with practice. But yes, yes. And I, and I often say that, you know, we can't, it's really hard to muster up motivation in the beginning. And I, and I love how you said that it was by just choosing to do the project, taking action and doing it. And then the rewards started coming, right? The results of peace started showing up and it's the peace and the results that we get from these sometimes harder things like renewing our mind or getting healthy that we get motivated once we start seeing the results. And so sometimes we have to just do the thing and continue, you know, doing it anyways until we get to that point where we start seeing the results. And like you're saying, like imagine craving the peace more than the agitated feeling that we would get high from in the moment, in the heat of the moment, right? You know, when your husband would agitate you, I'm sure it's just like, you know, it's like there's a reward that we experience from this, this emotion and the behavior that we're engaging in. And so to, to crave the peace, that's amazing. So I love that. What a testimony um, there. So, well, what I'd love to do is that, you know, I know that um, in polling my students and talking with thousands of students over the years, I know that there are lies that, that they struggle with. And so there are top lies that, that many struggle with. Would you be open to helping us to, to experiment of how we would walk through some of these lies so that they can see the process? Sure. That'd be fun. Okay. Awesome. All right. So here's the biggest one when I polled is that it's the, I deserve it lies. So whether it be, I deserve to eat X, Y, Z, I deserve to eat the cookie. I deserve to eat the ice cream. I deserve to eat X, Y, Z because maybe I've lost weight this week. So I deserve it. I deserve a treat or I've been good today or I've been good this week. So Saturday, I'm just gonna eat whatever I want. So how can we renew our mind with the lie of I deserve it? Okay, well, I've had that little lie in my journal many, many, many times. And then you yes. would probably answer it differently each time. So I could uh, just give you a few ways I might answer it. I mean, one might be, you know, usually when you deserve something, it's a reward, right? And so, like I say, I work, so I deserve a paycheck, right? Nothing bad about paycheck. But if I, you know, I'm good on my boundaries all day, because I used to say that lie at night. I've been so good. I'm following my food boundaries all day. I deserve to eat something. Well, first of all, the minute I eat it, I've no longer been good on my boundaries. But the second time, if I regret it, if I regret it later, it's not a treat. It's not mm. really a reward. So do I deserve to sabotage myself because I've been good all week? <laughs> so, so it's like that treat, we have to see both the, the positive and the negative, mm. the, the benefits and the consequences. Benefit, it tastes wonderful. It's just so fun to eat it, but there's consequences with it. And so anytime you say, I deserve something, let's say I say, I deserve... Um, to go, I don't know, to go climb Mount Everest. <laughs> That's a reward. Well, I might die on Mount Everest, right? right. So look, when you say I deserve something, look and see, is this, or I might say, I deserve to go on a trip around the world. But in that trip around the world, 
my savings account is going to go down to zero and I have a million dollars on my credit card. Is it really worth it? Right. Right. So what are the consequences? And so just reframing it is really, really important to understand Mm -hmm. it, to understand that. Is it worth it? All right. So this is the next one. And it, it comes up, it's about, I'm, it's about failure. And this comes up in a couple of different ways with my students. There's those that decide to never get healthy and get on the journey to a healthy free life because they say, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, right? We have failures in our past, maybe from past attempts at getting healthy or dieting. And there's the, I'm afraid I'm going to fail. But then there's also that failure lie that pops in when you're on the journey to health and freedom, which is, I am, I stumbled, therefore I am a failure. And then we give up, right? So help us to walk through the, I'm going to fail or I am a failure uh, lie. And and how can we um, renew our mind with that? Okay. Um, Again, that's one I saw frequently in my journal. And the one, um, I'm going to fail. Um, The truth is, yeah, of course we're going to fail this isn't a natural area of strength in our lives. So we're going to fail throughout the process many, many times. There'll be little failures. And each time we fail, that's a chance to renew our mind, to think, okay, what was it I was believing that made me break my boundaries? And what's the truth to that? Somebody said, and I can't remember who it was, if you're not failing in life, then you're not trying in life, right? Amen. Amen. Yes. The the only way you can fail is if you try. And so I think to lower your expectations, to expect, you know, and to be kind to yourself, to recognize, you know, this is an area of weakness for me. I'm strong in many areas of my life, but this area I'm super weak in and I'm not the only one. So many people share this same weakness. So think of it as we're all into this together. And especially if you're doing this with a group, it's just so nice to have the camaraderie of the group. And it's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to fail together. Or just like um, Scott Hamilton, how many times did he fall before he got to Olympic level quality and got all those gold medals. Like That's right. I don't know. I, I actually heard an interview on it once and it was like thousands of times. So we might have to fail thousands of times, but if every time you renew your mind, it's not a failure because that's going to be like, if you picture a whole wall built with rocks and each of those rocks is little lies that make us eat. Well, each time you fail, you get to take a little rock out of the, the wall if you renew your mind. And then the other one, um, I am a failure. Um, I would say I am a person who fails, not a failure. I'm a person who fails. I'm a, you know, beloved child of God. I'm uh, his bride. I'm a work of art. I'm all these things, but I am a frail human being. As a frail human being, of course I'm going to fail. That's right. It's just life. And it's a, and that's a switch of, of recognizing that like our identity, if we start putting our identity in saying, I am a failure, well, that's an identity statement, right? And so what's mm-hmm. going to happen is, is that we then operate out of that identity. And so right. we're going to start operating out of, out of a, an identity of failure. And that then leads to what making decisions and behaviors that lead to failure. So it's almost self-fulfilling. And I love this in your book. Uh, you said that the truth is, you know, when you talk about failure, you say, I am a beloved child of God who fails at times. And this isn't at all surprising since all people sin and fall short of the glory of God. And picture Jesus standing there in front of you. Would he say, you're right, you are a failure. What You're the worst failure I've ever seen in my life. 
No, he wouldn't. (laughs) And I often, you know, it's like I tell my students that all the time. It's like we have like a beloved mother whose child is learning to walk, right? She doesn't condemn that child every time he gets up and stumbles and falls again. No, it's like, let let me encourage you. It's okay. You stumbled. Get back up and try again. And it's because of the mother's love that we're able to continue to do that and mother's strength to even lift the child. And then they keep moving forward in that power and that strength, knowing that they will succeed, you know, and, um, and that we can try, try again. So I love that. All right. So the next one. The next lie that we often believe when it comes to food is that I'm feeling an emotion, right? So I'm either stressed or I'm overwhelmed or whatever it may be. So what this food XYZ will help me to feel better. It's going to help me to feel happier or it's going to just help me to feel less stressed. So how can we turn that lie into truth, believing that food is going to help us to be one of those things? Okay. Well, in in a way, this one's partly true. So a lot of these lies are half-truths. So like when I have a binacino, it's like a frappe at the great little coffee place in town, I am happy, I am energetic, life is good, right? Yes. (laughs) But um, it's not, my problems are still going to be there after I drink it. I'm still going to have that crummy job to do on my job list after I drink it. It's not going to it's, it's like a false god. It can't do mm. anything. So just think of idolatry in the, in the Bible. Those um, things can't do anything. It does make us feel better for a short time. But all those little things we eat that make us feel better that are out of our boundaries, those are the things that are collectively making us feel worse in life. They're the things that are making us feel... Um, you know, like we can't get over it, that this is the one thing in life we'll never get over. They're the things that are making us crave. And it's no fun to live a life of craving where we're always thinking of what we're going to eat next. So um, think of it as as cocaine. Yeah, cocaine might make somebody feel better, but is it worth it? Right. And and food is kind of the same thing for us. Not all food, of course, right. but anything that we're, we're trying to eat that would be outside of the boundaries. It doesn't really make us feel better. If that's no. a, such a lie, if we could even just get over that lie, boy, we'd be so much better off. It would, it would. And I think that, you know, what they're discovering brain chemistry wise is that, you know, it just actually, um, you know, especially sugar specifically and, and the foods that, um, that have those addictive properties, they actually bring us lower and lower every time we consume them. And so we end up in this place where we're in the mire and mm-hmm. often we're trying, we need to eat something again, like a, a sugary treat, just to kind of get ourselves up from the low of the sugar from yesterday, right. right? And so it's this vicious cycle that we've just got to get out of. All right. Well, it'd also be interesting to see how much sugar can you eat before you're going to start craving it. Mm. So for a lot of us, that's just a really very small amount and maybe kind of infrequently, otherwise we're going to go into craving land. So that that's an interesting question for each person to answer. Absolutely. I have students who can eat sugar and myself included. And it's one of those things where it's it doesn't affect my cravings at all. I don't crave any more sugar. It's just one and done. But I have some students who they have, you know, they have one bowl of ice cream and they break their boundary, right? And they and they go and they have something sugary and they're craving all week long. So we got, you know, there's hormonal things going on and then the emotion of it as well. And so, yes, every single person is different and um, we have right. to know, our, we have definitely have to know, our, know ourselves. All yeah, right. just like with alcohol, with some people, they can't have one drop or they'll just keep craving it. That's right. And other, yeah. So anyway, know, know who you are. You do need to know who you are. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's where I love 
where you talk about boundaries is that, you know, we have to create boundaries unique to us, right? And what's Mm going to help us to succeed. So this one, I've already blown it. So I may as well eat the cookie. (laughs) Okay. I would say I've already blown it. So I may as well go and uh, renew my mind so I don't blow it again. Because if I don't, I will eat another cookie. <laughs> Amen. So, I love that. I might as, I've already blown it. So I might as well use this as an opportunity to grow so I can eventually succeed with the goal that I really want to succeed with. That's right. And I think that that creates that's, you know, it's like there's the goal, but then there's like the, well, why are we trying to accomplish this goal, right? What is the vision that we have? Where where are we trying to, who are we trying to become by taking on this project? Who is it that we're trying to become? And I think that's so important to know kind of the why of why we're even bothering. Well, because a lot of times what we think is that there's some outside force keeping us from eating. You know, maybe we think about that because of our childhood or somebody that wanted us to be skinny, but there is no outside force. We're the ones and and it's our choice if we want to do it or not. So when we say I might as well, it's like, well, I've already broken it. Well, either we're a black and white thinker, perfectionist Mm -hmm. or not, or it's like, okay, well, we have this, it's almost like, um, we're like the school kid in class and the teacher's not watching. So let's go do it. (laughs) So anyway, we have to remember we're the ones that want to change. Yes, it's, it's a free will decision. Yeah, yeah, isn't it amazing? It's like that rebellious child that can come out, right? Right. If we're not, if we're not careful. All right. So here's the last lie that that trips people up so often. It's the tomorrow lie. So it's either I'll be good tomorrow, which then gives me permission to be quote unquote bad today, or it's the I'll start tomorrow lie. Right. So how do we address the tomorrow lie? I think that's a really important lie because if you think of it um, during the day, like let's say after dinner, you have extra piece of something. So it's so good and, and, and it's breaking your boundary to eat it. So the first time it's just like good food. Um, the second thing you have after dinner, breaking your boundaries is because, um, oh, that was so good. I should have another. But by around the third or the fourth, we start saying, oh, I'm so terrible. I'll never get over it. I'll start tomorrow. And that's when the huge amount of eating comes in. That's so right. we, if we can get rid of that last section of lies, yeah, we might not lose weight, but at least we'll keep maintaining it because we're not going to go into that binge mode. Right. So the truth to I'll start tomorrow is, you know, my best chance of really making this thing work is to start today because every day I put it off another day. Um, it just gets worse. All those lies get more and more ingrained with me. And I could say, um, you know, if, if the past is any indication of tomorrow, then I have like a 90 or a 5% chance of actually starting and sticking with it all day. Right. That's right. So we need yeah. a he- healthy dose of reality. Like how is this actually a gone in the past? Right. To know if I'm actually <laughs> right. going to succeed tomorrow and tomorrow, you know, then tomorrow really never comes, you know, is the, is the risk if we continue to believe that tomorrow lies. <laughs> like, no, That's right. Cause tomorrow you'll say tomorrow again. Right. And so we've got to uh, take that thought captive, take that lie captive. And like you say, I mean, every decision we make today, it matters, right? Cause the decisions we make today are going to help us to either go towards who we are be- trying to become in God, in Christ, or it's going to take us away, right? And so every decision matters, uh, not just for today, not just for tomorrow, but really for eternity as well. So, well, Barb, it has been like, I just love that you have just dived into some of these lies with us um, and, you know, the biggies, but your book is just incredible where I love just the last half of your book 
addresses these types of lies and even goes into the details of several of the lies we've talked about today, like the tomorrow lie, like the stressed, um, you know, when the emotions and you have the, you have questions in the back where we can have conversations with God to help us to renew our mind, to give us God's perspective. But then I love how you also provide Bible verses specific to those lies and the emotions to help us to use the word to help renew our mind. And so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening that the Renewing of the Mind Project is definitely something to to pick up, to grab a copy of, um, but then be willing to do the work and to start the, start the habit of renewing your mind. And like Barb says, just pick one project, pick one area that that you can begin to use this and and then watch how God uses it to transform you. And so I just, um, I just love that you've been here with us and that you shared your wisdom and your experience and you're not someone who's just telling us what to do, but you've been there, done that (laughs) and, and, and gotten on the other side and succeeded. So thank you so much, Barb, for, for sharing time with us today. Thank you for letting me be a guest. It's so great to be here. Oh my goodness. That was an amazing conversation, wasn't it? I now hope that you are inspired to renew your mind. Like we have such power in the word of God and we've got to, got to use it as a tool in our life to combat these lies that are on repeat in our head. And listen, if you want to dive in more deeply to this, I highly recommend her book, Renewing of the Mind Project. I'm currently working on a project of my own. And you can learn more about Barb at her website at barbraveling.com, B-A-R-B-R-A-V-L-I-N-G.com. I will also put that link in our episode show notes. She also has a new book study coming out on the book of James, and it's coming out in the new year. So be sure to join her newsletter list to get notified when that is released. Barb is also the host of the Christian Habits Podcast and the Taste for Truth Podcast, where she helps listeners break free from their strongholds, renew their minds, and grow closer to God. Now, let me leave you with this reminder from Romans 12.2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Until next time, bye for now.